Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz performer, saxophonist, vocalist, pianist, arranger, and composer, Matt Katengoob. He opened up about his new project that is the 2023 CD, Samoa de Sinatra. His mother, Mavis Rivers, was nominated as the Best New Artist at the very first Grammy Awards. After the nomination, her label mate, Frank Sinatra, decided to create Reprise Records. The very first female vocalist that he signed, whom Sinatra nicknamed Swingin' Lady, with Samoan-born Mavis Rivers. As a result, Mavis entered the studio in the late 60s to record what would be one of the first of three initial re-releases on Sinatra's reprise records. Amazingly, Mavis at the time was very pregnant with Matt. This album actually memorializes her and his connection to jazz. At age 17, Matt performed and presented his original big band composition at the Monterey Jazz Fest. As a result of his success, he then toured Japan playing with the legends like Dizzy Gillespie, Thad Jones, and Ruth Brown. He's got a fascinating story. Enjoy. I love it, Matt. Great to meet you. I've already had you on the show. I typically do it after I interview, but I really enjoyed the album. I really enjoy you know, this kind of homage that you stitched together. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Thank you for your time. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for uh, making the time. Absolutely. So let's get in before we get to Samoa to Sinatra, you know, going through COVID was quite a thing. How did you survive that time period and how did it change you? Well, here it is. <laughs> this, this, this record <laughs> is uh, 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 the result, really. Uh, I mean, I had always dreamed of doing this uh, recording, so uh, when COVID came along and we were all stuck in our houses and, you know, fortunately I, I, I had a studio to be stuck in, uh, I decided, well, why, why not do this now? I, I had just finished another project while in COVID. Uh, it's actually a version of Rhapsody in Blue for a big band uh, that I did uh, remotely with everybody recording their own parts in their studios. I went, well, this seems like something we uh, can pull off now. So that's what I did. So to answer your question, COVID actually came along at a perfect time uh, for me to finally dig into this uh, project of mine and get it finished. So it was an homage to your mother. And it seems to me there would have to be extra emotions going through a pandemic. And just overall, there's did, did this album feel like finishing a marathon, a cathartic event? What was it like to finish this and see it done now? Oh no! It was definitely it was definitely a labor of love. It, it was enjoyable from the from from um, the get go. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff had been kind of put together over uh, the past few years, but then you know, it, both like uh, physically and and also mentally, I put it together in my head. So putting it together was was simple as, as simple as getting the charts done, and then. Uh, assembling the band once again i decided i you know i've been fortunate in my career i've i just traveled all over the world especially with the orchestral pops that i've been i've conduct pops orchestra i've been doing that for 25 years so I've, I've had so many people i've had a chance to work with so i literally took the chance the uh not took the chance but took the opportunity to uh enlist musicians from literally all over the world uh, so all these, all of my favorite, some of my favorite musicians from all over the world, I got them together and said, Hey, do you have a, do you have a recording setup? Can, would you, would you want to do this project? And so I was able to get 12 other musicians to do that very same thing. So it was a labor of love. And it was also kind of a challenge and, and, and a lot of fun to be able to, you know, to literally do this over the internet. And, uh, and so, and the result is just, uh, for me, is just like, wow. 
<laughs> I mean, what, why, why would, why did we need to assemble in the studios? I mean, literally from Hawaii to Canada, to the East coast, the West coast, it's uh, musicians from all over. So that's the band. And it was, like I said, a labor of love. So talk to me a little bit about what you're hoping the listener gets from this album. Well, you know, it's, it, for me, it's, 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 you know, selfishly, it's kind of a career, uh, the culmination of what I've been doing now all, all over these decades. But for the listener, I, I would hope that they can hear the love that's part of it. That's well, that's deep into it. And literally, uh, as maybe we'll get to talking uh, about later on, but I mean, my mom is singing with me on the recording. I was able to, um, obtain her uh, masters from refreeze records and so kind of do i mean i'm a little late to the game but i guess i'm doing the natalie cole nat cole thing but what's amazing is that i'm actually on the songs i'm singing with her uh when she originally recorded those songs she she's actually pregnant with me so there is a deep kind of hard to even explain uh emotion and um just a deepness to to my being able to sing with mom when she's you know obviously she's pregnant with me had no idea where my career was going to go and so it's literally full circle and so i think um i hope the the that uh, the, the listener can not only hear the musical uh uh love i have for the songs and also of course for mr sinatra but but also just how incredibly um personally fulfilling it is and and how that can come across in the um the way i get to perform with bomb again literally after decades i mean we shared the stage uh all the way literally all the way up to the day she passed and uh so to be able to do this again it's it's pretty special so i hope uh, i hope people can will notice that and hear that in the recording so i guess that's the other part it's probably apropos at this point to come back to the beginnings you obviously have jazz DNA in your family. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings of this musical journey, jazz journey. How did it all begin and how did you get into it? Well, it was pretty much uh, almost almost impossible not to get into it. You know, uh, obviously this, this record pays homage to my mom and to Sinatra. Uh, when I was born, my mom was performing with Sinatra and within the whole Rat Pack realm. So literally from day one, that's the kind of the world I was growing up in. And as I grew up, uh, and as a, as a youngster, I mean, I literally found my mom's, my mommy's records, you know, with pictures of mom on it. And I just didn't happen to know that Nelson Riddle did the arrangements or Marty Page did the arrangements. I just put the records on and started listening and just absolutely became obsessed with not only her music, but with the, the style of music she was doing, which was, which obviously was, uh, jazz tinge, but kind of more on the traditional pop, more of the standards, uh, a type of thing. And my career has since taken me that in, in that direction. So I'm thrilled that that happened. But yeah, how can you not grow up in a household where you have like the greatest jazz musicians coming in and out of your front door, uh, and not get interested in it. And that's what I did. I, I started teaching myself piano, started teaching myself how to play jazz chords. And then my mom, God bless her, forced me to start playing clarinet, which led me to saxophone, which led me to really expand my piano. And, uh, and that was it. And out of high school, I was, you know, when I was 17 years old, I was playing with Dizzy Gillespie and Thad Jones and Mel Lewis and no one, but 
uh, mostly my mom to thank for that and all the people that she brought um, into my world. And so that was my growing up. I And wow, and growing up in Los Angeles, uh, how can you how can you not uh, have at least the opportunity to uh, dig deep into into this type of music? So I'm blessed. So, you know, being on this journey and, and as you said, being blessed and having all of these experiences, after all of this time, what do you love the most about being a professional musician? Now is is different. You know, when, after my mom passed, uh, I, I mean, my career has taken a lot of different paths. I, I, I was music director for a lot of other great singers like Jack Jones and Tony Tennille and Rosemary Clooney and people like that. So to be able to be on that side, uh, of the of the uh, musical spectrum, and then moving on from there to be own, being my own uh, artist has been a, a, a special. But then go, jumping into the pops orchestra world, I think for me has has been one of the great great joys of my life because I've been able to dig deep and enjoy and compose and orchestrate and arrange music of all different types of styles. I mean, we're talking about a jazz record today, but I have done so much in my career with different, so many different styles uh, of music. I've been able to work with uh, just a, a, a plethora of artists like Kenny Longins and Mike McDonald and, uh, you know, a Toto and people like that. I mean, it's, it's taken me from my original jazz journey to being able to do basically every single style uh gosh in two months i'm doing a classical uh, concert with a orchestra up in canada i mean it's just so in, at this point in my life and as i look back i i'm so musically satisfied to have been able to delve into just about all styles of music and i think that's um that's one of the great pleasures in life for me so talk to me a little about like what's been the best advice you've ever gotten professionally that resonates with you up to this point It'll be, it sounds funny uh, for talking about a jazz record that I just did, but it's uh, the best advice I, I've ever gotten has to do with what I just talked about. And that is don't be, don't be that kind of musician that, that says, well, I mean, when I was, when I was younger, I was that jazz mu musician that's, I was so specific when I was younger that I would say things like, well, if it didn't swing, if it wasn't bebop, it's not music. I mean, oh my goodness. The best advice I ever got was to not be that person and to enjoy and to, to, to give every style of music uh, a chance. And that has led me to so many different wonderful directions in the career. And I think that's probably uh, the best piece of advice I've ever been given and and probably a huge piece of advice I would give any, especially young musician who is like too much into one style of music or wants to do only one thing, especially these days, where especially if you want to even make a, a stab at a career in music, you better be able to do a lot of things well uh, if you want to survive. So I think that's the best advice. Don't just just be open minded musically. So why do you love jazz? Well, <laughs> I, it's in the blood. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I think, you know, as we all know, jazz is a very sophisticated form of music when it comes to rhythmic rhythms and, and harmonies. And when you grow up with that kind of music uh, and 
hear, hearing hearing that and then getting to the point where you're able to execute the very thing you were listening to uh, is is a thrill. Uh, and so to be able to do that and to share that kind of love for that kind of music with fellow musicians uh, is a thrill. Now, I'll, I'm going to say that with a caveat because I've always felt that jazz can tend to get a little too into itself and not be music for the masses and i've always felt that that's kind of part of why jazz kind of fell out of favor is because it just got too too complicated right uh which is why i got into the music i'm into now which is basically jazz influenced traditional pop standards so that's what i love i love jazz but i also love jazz that can be understood by the general public it's it, it's important to me to do what i do and not have it go over uh, people's heads. And so I love jazz, but I love jazz that can be understood. So <laughs> I know that's a, that's a wide-ranging answer to your question, but uh, I, I do love the music. I, you know, and let's face it, jazz is the roots of pretty much all popular American contemporary American music. So uh, that's probably the biggest reason why anyone should love it. So you've seen a lot of really good shows throughout your life. If you could get into a time machine and go back and see any dream show, where are you going to go? Ooh, goodness gracious. That's a good one. Um, I, 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 in, in general, I've always felt I was born probably 30, 40 years too late. Uh, so for me to, to be able, okay, I think I have an answer. I think if I could have been in the Copa room, uh, in the early 60s to enjoy not only Frank and Dean and Sammy, but the incredible band that was on stage and the wonderful camaraderie and the wonderful ad libs and comedy and music. And it just was the perfect combination. Not only that, what I also loved about the Copa Room at the Sands in the 60s was that it was what? Four or 500 people could fit in that room. And I love the intimacy of performing in a room no bigger than that. I, I, I just giant stadium concerts don't do anything for me. So my answer would not be any one of those, even though possibly I could say being a big Beatles fan, uh, maybe Shea stadium <laughs> and yeah. five or 66 could have been pretty, would have been pretty cool too. But I think my answer is the Copa room in the, during the Brad Pack era. So what has been kind of the key to your longevity in your career? I think I answered that already. I think it's been being, being able to do so many different things uh, to, to, and maybe not all perfectly well, as they say, Jack of all, all trades, master of done, but I do feel like I can accomplish a lot of things uh, uh, in my career, in, in my musical career, whether it's writing or, or performing and, or conducting or accompanying or, you know, now, now, nowadays, I mean, even, even, uh, being the, the center of attention, which is kind of weird for me because I've always been the conductor and the guy that puts the show together and drives the bus as opposed to being the, the, the person out front. But I think, that, you know, in general, just being able to do so many different things and, and to being able to, you know, enjoy all those things as well. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately drive the bus. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I 
an incredibly lucky individual. Uh, I, I feel, I feel like, um, I, I look at, I look at the world and I look at all my, so many of my friends who are so, uh, talented. And if they, if, if success in life in, in musical success in life was based on talent, uh, there's so many people who just have not been recognized. And as I look at myself, I, I, I just cannot help but being grateful to the universe for, for allowing me to not only handle the talent and the gifts that were given by my mom and my dad uh, and the world of musicians I grew up with, but to be able to just do it and, and make a career out of it and make a living. So I, I look at that at, 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 and I just step back and I see one of the luckiest persons uh, in the world, especially in, in music to be able to have done this uh, all my life. So I can't be too, too, too specific other than just full. That's how I, I look at myself. So if anyone wants to pick up the new album, learn more about any live shows, anything about your world, where can they go? Well, mattcattengub.com, M-A-T-T-C-A-T-I-N-G-U-B.com. The album is, of course, they actually pressed CDs, if you can believe it. So it is available at the usual places, but it's on Amazon and Spotify and an Apple Apple Music, of course, and all the places where you normally get music these days. I'm also very proud to say uh, and very pleased that uh, the uh, Sirius XM, Seriously Sinatra channel, has um, taken on, taken taken it on in, in a big way, and they're playing it a lot, uh, as well as some older music that I actually never put out uh, on commercial. Uh, commercially available CDs. I get a lot of people reach out to me on Facebook and 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 Twitter and etc. And they're they're saying, how can I buy this this song I just heard? And it's like, unfortunately, well, it was in the can and it never came out commercially. So, but Sirius XM is playing it so much, uh, and so I, I I appreciate them. But of course, this new record uh, is there, and so uh, as I said, MattCattenGoob.com. I'll, I'll be uh, I just premiered the show just last week at Vibrato in. Uh, Los Angeles uh, to a sold out house. So I was very thrilled about that. I'll be taking it to various places and probably with the symphony pops orchestras here and there as well. I'll be down in Orlando soon and probably on the East coast and, and just a bunch of stuff. So that's uh, pretty much what's going on, but Matt Right on. Hey Matt, thank you so much for opening up your world, talking about this wonderful project. Best of luck with everything. I appreciate it. Well, Joe, I appreciate you uh, you're taking interest in it, and I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Matt for his stories and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. <laughs> Neon Jazz.